We're back another episode of the flip side. I've got my buddy Chris Arvin. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Um, man, we we don't know each other, or we know each other fairly well, but we don't have a long history. We met within the past year, mm-hmm. maybe about a year ago, through my brother-in-law. He introduced us. I'm glad he did, um, because not only have you become a good friend, but just learning where you've come from, what you what you specialize in, what your unique ability is, is what we've talked a lot about in, in kind of a small mastermind we're in. Um, and so uh, that's how I know you. But right before we started this, you teased me by saying you like basically made it big in Nashville as a musician, had no idea that you're famous. So take me back. Like, let's go, let's go back from as far as you want to go, business, personal, and just like, tell me who you were before you are who you are now. Yeah. So I think that, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I grew up like most people, you know, brother, sister, you know, kind of building forts in the woods, whatever, but, uh, Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, okay, so, yeah. Grew up around Birmingham. So my dad was a uh, my dad was a youth pastor growing up. So we were in Kentucky, South Carolina, and I know. yeah, and we ultimately landed in in Birmingham. But uh, uh, so uh, grew up around the Birmingham area. Um, we, um, uh, you know, I played soccer probably all the way through college. I, you know, love sports. Um, but I was, you know, I, I was, I did want to be a rock star. I thought that I was going to be famous one day. It was just a dream of mine, you know. And uh, kind of went after that that trail for a little while and realized that, you know, being on the road is just not, you know, it's really just not that great, you know? I mean, it, yeah. it's fun playing music, it's fun creating, it's fun, you know, being in that environment. But so, you know, I, I left uh, I left Auburn, I moved back and, um, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, you know? Um, so, you know, you do what you do whenever you're, whenever you're young and go work at a restaurant, it's like I did, you know? I was bartending and uh, uh, waiting tables at uh, California Pizza Kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple. Of lo- there used to be a couple of locations here. Yeah, CPK. Yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I was there for probably a year, and then the general manager was like, "Man, you need to be, you need to be a manager." And I was just like thinking, you know, I mean, restaurant manager. Come on, you know, let's be serious here, right? I'm uh, a college graduate. That's right. Yeah. Don't <laughs> you understand that? Uh, actually, I never graduated college. Oh, okay. I, I didn't talk- know that either. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. talk about that very much. Okay. I used to think that it was really important for everybody to, um, I, I used to think that that was something that was really important, but I was, I felt like I was wasting time in college, mm-hmm. you know, cause I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, yeah. I had all these dreams and aspirations, but, uh, no real direction yet. So, um, CPK is actually what gave me that direction. I, um, I got involved with management program and they have a really strong, uh, training program, uh, leadership development programs. And I kind of fell in love with the culture and really started to understand that, you know, yeah, I'm managing restaurants, but it's a lot more than that, you know? And so that was kind of my first, two things happened there. It was my first mentor, the guy that pushed me to get into management, Mm. whatever reason, maybe he saw something in me or or whatever, whatever reason he decided to. Uh, But then uh, just recognizing that, you know, and this, I've carried this with me with probably every job that I've had in, in my career is that um, the thing that you think something is like being a restaurant manager, you know, while it doesn't have a lot of, you know, uh, cachet or, or however you want to put that, you know, it's you're investing in people, you're developing people, you're working with teams, you're you're getting to problem solve, you're getting to do all the things that you maybe you enjoy doing that. And I found that out for myself, that that's what I enjoyed. So. Mm. Well, the short version of, of my history is that, um, I was, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to be, you know? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, so how long were you there as in that management position? Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Okay. So I was with uh, CPK for about seven, seven and a half years. Wow. Yeah. All in Birmingham here? 
Yeah. So, yeah. and it did a lot of store openings traveling around too. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, built, uh, they built them from the ground up. I will tell you one of the hardest things to do is take a good culture from one location and then plant it somewhere else in a new city where it doesn't even exist yet. Yeah. You know? And, uh, so learned a lot through those processes too, mm -hmm. building restaurants. So. And it makes so much sense because what I, uh, have noticed about you and what your kind of unique ability is, is to lead and, and organize and, and really manage, right? And, and how you do that in your job now, which is not CPK anymore, but hearing that kind of background, it's like, oh, it makes so much sense because you spent so much time in that space learning it and training it. And it's not just, because I'm like, dang, like I'm terrible at that. It's like, mm. well, I've never been in that position to learn it. And so probably still wouldn't be as good as you are in it, but it makes sense of you've had that background, you've had that training. Yeah, so I have I have a story about that. All right, about that comment that you just made. You know, we we they have a leadership seminar at the CPK, mm. and um, they pick you know thirty or forty uh, high potential you know candidates throughout the company. They bring them in, try to go through development programs, and they split everybody up. We were out in California, obviously, and um, uh, they split everybody up into two groups. And uh, you know, we were just having these big conversations about if you believe that leadership was something that was natural or if it was something that could be taught and learned, right? I was on the, my personality type, I was on the, I believe it's something that you're born with or you're not, yeah. you know? And I've got it. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And I, I said something that I have, that has stuck with me in that group setting that I wish that I never would have said because I was just young and naive. The question was asked, you know, directly to the group. And I was the first one to answer just because, again, it's my personality type. Um, you know, if you believe it's natural or something that can be taught. And I said that I believe that those that have natural leadership see the world differently. Those that don't understand what a good leader is, it's like they're seeing the world in black and white, and they don't see it in color like we do, you know? Interesting. And it was such a pompous response, you know, looking back on it. I just, I'm still embarrassed for my 23-year-old self, yeah. you know, thinking back on that now. But, uh, uh, but now I believe something very differently. I think that everybody leads from a different place, you know? I think that... I, th I mean, you're, you're, you know, good to know you for the time that I've, I've known you. I've seen, uh, there's a reliance that people have on you because of who you are as an individual and the knowledge that you've gained in your own area of expertise too. And so you are a leader, you know, whether you want to be or not, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, but everybody's just got their own version of it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. They come in all shapes and sizes. So, uh, well, cool. So a lot to unpack from, yeah, I don't even think we've caught up to where you are now. So I'm, I'm going to let, I'm going to come back to that from your transition from CPK to where you are now, but kind of going back a little bit I want to so you said you played college college soccer or you just played soccer like, through it was so it was a club team that I okay. played on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so Auburn's club team yep yeah that's right okay yeah. so there's not you know NCAA requirements yeah men's and women's and so uh uh, uh there was just club but yeah it was still it's a good time yeah. all right yeah um so I know absolutely nothing about the music world and I, I'm I imagine it's pretty wild. Mm. Talk me through what what was that stint like? What did it look like? How long did it last? What did you do? And then what ultimately stopped it for you? A lot of late nights. Yeah, you know, is what it looked like. But it was it was. I think it's a lot like anything else. If it's something that you're passionate about, then you know you just you pour a ton of time into it. You yeah. know, and um, I probably I I would I wasn't the best out of the guys that I knew, but I really enjoyed what I was doing. You know. Um, and so it was just, uh, you know, kind of, you find different groups, you, you try and find something that works and it fits, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I've never thought about this until just now, but, um, it's almost like trying to find a good, uh, team in terms of business today, you know, cause obviously a lot of the things that we talk about 
is there's got to be the right kind of fit, you know? Yeah. And um, um, so, you know, finding those guys that kind of like the things that you like, and then you get in a room together and you kind of, um, uh, you just kind of play around and jam and, and, and see, you know, like, Hey, let me show you this riff, or, Hey, let me show you this, this thing that I came up with. And then yeah. you just start from there and, and you build a, build a song, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then you go and play that in front of other people and they either hate it or they don't. And, I, <laughs> and they hope, they hope they like it. Yeah. Um, so I, I was going to get to this a little bit later on, but it feels like a good time to kind of bring it up. So, so you didn't finish college. You've got kids. Mm-hmm. What is the, um, what's your take on them going to college? Is it like, Hey, is something you need to do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and definitely going. So they, um, um, I think that, I think that what I missed out on was a direction of, of really, you know, so like my, my viewpoint on what I believe for them would be that they, um, they just need college to me was a couple of different things. One, it was learning how to be on your own, right. Learning how to make decisions for yourself, holding yourself accountable. Um, you know, being out of the house and not having that protection anymore, you know, of just being out on your own, you need to feel that, you know, yeah. you need to, you need to you need to feel what that, uh, the weight of those decisions and just waking up every single day and saying, nobody's going to push me today except for me, yeah. you know? So I, I believe that that experience is important in, in addition to the experience of just making friends and getting to know people and pushing yourself kind of past your comfort zones a little bit. And, um, uh, and then the most important thing that college taught me in the short time that I was there a couple of years is learning how to learn, right? Yeah. Because you don't have to, Cause that's a lifelong thing. Like I am, my, my dad will say now that he says, uh, that I've learned, he said, I wish that you were as good a student whenever you're in school as you are now. You know, he said, it's insane how much you learn and how much you consume knowledge now, but you just weren't, you weren't like that before. You know? Yeah. So, but I, there's a lot that I learned in college and in those settings that, that have been helpful for me to now Mm -hmm. do. So yeah, they're going to go. Man, we're, (laughs) that's fine. We're one of the same. That's, yeah, I, I was in business management, which is just like a, I guess a fancy way of saying like, you're not going to specialize in anything business. You're just going to kind of get a little bit of everything. So for me, it was just learning how to learn. I say that all the time. And um, it kind of, I guess, sparked that passion like you've got now to go out and try to build my knowledge and, and grow. And instead of grade school, it was forced, I guess, right? It's like, you got to do this. Um, so yeah, I get that. But that's interesting because you know, college now is such a hot topic of, is it necessary? And so, um, I wanted to hear your take on that. That's good. So, all right, cool. Let's jump forward. So we finished at CPK. We were there for seven years. Um, what was that? What was next? Next was, um, I got partnered up with a, um, a guy that had built or not built, but he had owned a lot of Outback franchises whenever they were just hot and heavy and popular, you know? Um, and he had sold all those off, um, uh, years before we had met. And he had, the story that he tells is that he got tired of playing golf and traveling, you know, and he wanted to do something else. And so he, he'd kind of developed this concept called, uh, Asian rim and it was a uh, casual fine dining is the way it was defined, you know? So it was a uh, kind of pan Asian cuisine. And what we were trying to do was be the competition for BF Chang's, right? Okay. We felt like there was a lot of room in that space. And, uh, so I spent a few years there building and, um, uh, that, so I would say that CPK uh, gave me a strong background in just like learning how to train and understanding leadership and managing people. And then I got the chance to actually put all of that into practice because I had to build a lot from the ground. Yeah. You know, it was like, 
HR and accounting and menus and marketing and operations and new locations and how to open up new locations and all these different things. And so like got all this weird hands-on experience. And so I felt very fortunate because they kind of took a chance on me. I don't think that I had the real experience that they needed, um, but I had a lot of grit, you know, and which helped us a lot. And and I was also really good at building teams, bringing the right people in. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that I've, whether I, you guys talk about who, not how, I don't think that I've read that book, but I That's just nice. learned it through osmosis. Yeah. I think you could write it at this point. Yeah. 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 I learned it through osmosis because I had to, because I don't, yeah. I'm not the best at everything. And so, you know, anyway, but that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of Asia room allowed me to kind of, um, cultivate some of that, uh, some of the things that I'd learned, test some things out and, uh, you know, yeah, uh, it was good. Okay. Built a few locations, had investors involved, you know, so got a lot of experience with, uh, uh, you know, just dealing with those types of situations, presenting, uh, an opportunity for investors and which has kind of helped me, you know, on my, on my pathway now. So. Mm-hmm little all these little building blocks along the way yeah you know? yeah so you're there for two or three years yeah about two and a half three years okay. um i was uh the reason why i left is because i was just working too much young family my uh my oldest two my kids are 11 9 and 6 now mm-hmm. the oldest two were probably two and one or three and one at the time yeah you know? as a handful yeah and um it, it, what happened is i was on the couch with the oldest who's a three-year-old at the time his Sippy cup was empty, and so he went to go find his mom. Uh, Nicole went to go find Nicole to fill the sippy cup up, and I'm just like, I'm sitting right here, you know. And so I said, Why did he come and get you when I'm sitting right here? And she was like, Don't take this the wrong way. He doesn't know that he'd come to you because you're never here. Oh man! And I said, Yeah, it crushed me, man. Yeah. So I was like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. I was it like that day. You're like, I'm done. I probably two months after that. I was yeah. done. You know. Man. So, and then moved on to, um, you know, uh, I would say the best part about the restaurant business is it, you never have a better opportunity. And this is for anybody that is looking for a good way to network and they just need a job right now. Go work in a restaurant, just talk to people because you meet everybody from every walk of life. Yeah. So I'd built a really good network for myself uh, doing that. And then, so I just emailed a bunch of people and said, I'm available, you know, and I got, uh, uh, I actually don't, I think that my family and my brother are the only people that know this story, but, um, so we had, we had been very successful at Asian Rim locally in Birmingham, made a bunch of uh, lists, you know, locally or whatever. And I had met the general manager for one of the, um, uh, the Stitt's owned restaurants, you know, Frank and Partisan mm-hmm. did. And, uh, you know, we got to be pretty good buddies and, uh, he liked what I was doing. I learned a lot from him too. And so whenever I put my notice in, somehow he found out and he told Frank and part of Stitt. And I just got a phone call one day and it was them. And they were like, hey, we want to talk to you. And I said, uh, why are you calling me? You know, <laughs> you know, you guys are like way different than what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? But I, I got to go do a observation with them for a couple of days to kind of see behind the scenes of their operations. That's and cool. Yeah, it was really cool. It was, uh, it was kind of a surreal experience, actually, because when you when you have like this level in your mind of what somebody is or how they operate and, and you actually get to see it, you're like, I was doing pretty good. <laughs> okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they were just doing it a whole other level, but yeah. I just, I was tired of restaurants. So, so they would, were they looking to possibly bring you in and, and try to run some stuff at that level? But mm-hmm. you just say, I, I need a different industry. Yeah. Uh, what I told my wife was, um, I got to go look, you know, because yeah. whenever you're, whenever it's that level, like yeah. that's, that's kind of the penultimate of being in the restaurant. And so, 
I went and spent some time and it was just confirmation that I was ready to be in. I was ready to get out of restaurants. So. Yeah. So through the connections you made at the restaurant, did your current employer reach out? Like that's how you met him? Yeah. Yeah. So um, the uh, COO at the time, we uh, got back with me and uh, we just, we talked about some opportunities that they had. It was actually kind of a step back for me, but I was just so ready to be around my family more and, mm-hmm. and whatever. I was, it was okay. You know, took a little bit of a pay cut. So step back's relative, right? Now oh, yeah. from the business side, but it's a huge step forward for, for person. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's a great way of putting it, <laughs> you know? I mean, it was, it was just making the right kind of choice for yeah. me anyways. So, yeah. but it's, that has led into a, a totally different life for me now. Yeah. So. so what does that look like? Um, so I started out with, as a, so it's, the company is, uh, um, uh, it's a national, um, commercial kitchen equipment repair company. So I knew kitchens, I knew, you know, equipment, obviously mm-hmm. just working in the environment. And, um, uh, but, uh, the opportunity at the time was just being a regional service manager, you know? And so I came in and, uh, kind of learned the business from the ground up. The uh, COO at the time, actually his, his thought process was to franchise the concept because from a business model standpoint, it's really strong. You know, like the, they had uh, regular 10% uh, top line revenue growth year after year. The, they could produce the same, you know, EBITDA numbers every single profit every single year, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like teach other people, franchise this, license this, whatever. So he and the CEO had disagreements about what that was supposed to be. So he brought me in and hired me. And then, uh, then he left the company. And so I'm just like, I know what here I am. <laughs> Hope you guys don't fire me, you know? But, uh, uh, no, I just, I tried to learn as much as I could because I still wanted Monday through, through Friday, you mm-hmm. uh, gig and, uh, learned more. I st- uh, they allowed me to, to kind of, uh, they had seen that I had a lot of different skill sets outside of what, uh, what I was doing. Um, and so I went into business development with them, um, helped grow the company, uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty strong growth over the two years that I was doing that. Mm-hmm. Moved into, uh, and then we hit this really high growth trajectory because the business sold to a national company in uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. So we started acquiring all these businesses. And so um, what ended up happening is there was such a high growth rate for the company. It was almost like we don't have enough people. And so I was just like, I'll do that. I'll do that. You know, I'll take yeah. this. I'll handle that, whatever. And I just got all of this experience and all of these t- I think that most people probably only have like a, a couple of different experiences through their career in, in a, in a job type or different departments. I can, I can do just about anything within our company because I've run so many different things mm. and it, it built this huge, uh, uh, knowledge base for me that, I I'm so grateful for now. It was so hard because we were growing so fast and I'm so busy all the time, but, um, uh, but it, I'm very grateful for it, you know, yeah. it's, uh, so Kind of progressed up to the ranks there. I'm the VP of operations now. And, um, uh, you know, it's funny, the, the, what really kind of began my journey into real estate is uh, we bought a couple of companies in different states, one in Tennessee, one in Ohio, and the owners that we uh, bought companies from both had tons of real estate, you know, and I'm just thinking, why do you have so many houses, you know? One guy had like 200 units, the other one had, uh, you know, about the same, you know? So I just asked, um, asked one of them, um, you know, like, what's the deal? Like, why do you have all these, why do you have all these houses? And he was like, oh yeah, we just use the business, uh, use the cash flow, and buy all these units, buy all these units. And I'm just like, yeah, but why? You know, 
And he said, go read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then call me back. Classic. Yeah, yeah. And so I read it, and then I called him, and he started talking to me about... Uh, so he, he's calling back, and you say, I get it. Yeah. It was just like that. It was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it felt like. I mean, yeah. it, it was not a long period of time. You know, like I I knew that um, uh, what what I found was it really scratched an itch for me, you know, because I love, I love growing, I love building, I love assessing and understanding. And, um, you know, there's, uh, there's so much that you have to really, from an economic standpoint with real estate, you have to have, you have to understand what an area is doing. You have to understand what you can get out of it. And as the more that I started to learn, um, it just, it scratched a lot of itches for me, you mm-hmm. know? And then I started to see a lot of the value and the, the ability to be able to build a different future for my family too. So, yeah, I love that. So you've got a couple units now, right? Mm-hmm. What are the, uh, what are the go? You're very goal oriented, right? You like to measure things. You're very good at, at setting up operations. And so what, what are the goals for real estate? I would say that I, uh, you're not going to like this answer, but I don't have <laughs> any right now. Okay. You know, that's fair. Yeah. It's October. So you got, you know, <laughs> set them for the new year. You've got a little bit of time to do yeah, that. That's right. Um, uh, we kind of, I kind of had a shift in my mindset a little bit because while I did in, in, you know, great part, thanks to you, uh, start my real estate journey this year, I also, uh, started, a business as well, you know, outside of, you know, running the company that I'm running now. Um, you know, so we, we are partnered with, uh, property management companies. We do, you know, renovation remodel work basically is what we're doing. Um, but there's been a tremendous amount of, of good fortune in what we have kind of designed and built there. And I'm trying to put some focus there now because the, the cash that we'll be able to generate off that business I'm actually just copying what I learned from, you know, the other guys. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I built this bit, the service business, generated a ton of cash. I used that cash. I started buying real estate over, mm-hmm. over years and I said, I can do that. You know? Yeah. So but I think you're um, definitely taking that model from them, but taking it a step further saying, hey, the cash, the, the service business that's going to generate that cash complements or is in the same industry as the house buying business, mm-hmm. right? So you, now you, if you're dealing with property managers, you get first look. And that's genius, right? I mean, that's kind of, that's, that's why I like the avenue I'm in as being an agent is it gives me first look at some opportunities, but not near the opportunities you're going to get to look at. And you are looking at being in line with those property managers. I think that's huge. That's genius. Um, please just don't forget about me when you're huge. Cause that, that's going to be, that's going to blow up, man. That's going to be, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Like we've already had a couple of opportunities that we haven't been able to capitalize on yet yeah. because we just don't have, I mean, there's two. I don't want to say there's too much happening all at once, but it is, we have to be very selective with where we're spending our time, you know? So like, there's been two already actually, where it's just like, they don't want to fix this. They're, they're just going to sell it. And I'm just like, dang it. You know, <laughs> I'll fix it. And I'll, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have the time yet. You yeah. Know? You just hold on you know, just another minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's smart that that's setting up for, I mean, just long-term success and being able to run those avenues setting up. You've already, I've, I've watched you grow this company. That's not that old already with who's and not how, and not spending your, now you spend a lot of time on the front end building the foundation, but then plugging in the right people, the right seat on the right bus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just, I think that's awesome. I think you're really good at that. And um, you've helped me do it a little bit in my business. So that's that's really good. Yeah, Mom, I, I think that knowledge is for everybody. You know, yeah. I think that anybody that's selfish with their knowledge is has got the wrong approach to life, yep. you know? Yeah. Because it, it, it's, it's about who you partner with, you know, like yeah. I've, I've enjoyed getting to know you more. I've gotten enjoyed, really enjoy our, our Thursday morning group, you know? So it's been a masterminds. Yeah. I love it. Uh, we'll switch the gears a little bit. So, um, three kids, 
wife, Nicole. Mm-hmm. What do you love about Nicole? Oh my gosh. Um, I would say that, um, I would say that she's, she is in large part what, well, I'll just tell you a story. Okay. Cause this will help. This will help you understand yeah. what I love about her. So, um, you know, I dated a lot of girls, um, uh, just cause you, you know, I mean, whatever you're young. music, Nashville scene, right? We get it. Yeah, you're just, you're famous. <laughs> never made it there. Never really played in Nashville. Just auditioned yeah. for a few bands. Yeah. But, you know, um, I don't want anybody walking around <laughs> with the wrong idea, but you know, uh, um, you know, I, I remember whenever my parents first uh, met Nicole and um, they, you know, we dated for a few years before we ended up getting married. But the thing that my mom tells me that she likes about her was she was, my mom was always worried because I'm such a strong personality. She was always worried that I was going to walk all over who, whoever I was with, you know? And uh, Nicole was the first girl that she felt confident of like, she was like, I've had to manage this thing for (laughs) this many years. I think that she can handle it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so she has been, she's just been a tremendous, it's a, it's a partnership, you know, I just, I love her so much more than just, you know, there's so many different levels as you get older and you're, you know, married longer, but, um, she's, I'm, I am who I am today in large part because of her, you know, so. Man, I love that. I see that in, in the entrepreneurial world that you're, you know, you've, you've been into an extent, but you're really diving into with this, this new venture and new business. There's a lot of support and trust that's got to come from the family side. And being able to get that instead of having friction there is huge. I think it's kind of make a make or break, honestly. I agree. Um, that's amazing that you've got that support and you, you've got her there. So I don't think I've met her. So I think it's time for us to get together and 100%. do something outside of business, outside of podcasts. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, that. I agree, man. Totally. Cool. Well, um, before we wrap up, always like to know um, book recommendations. I try, I'm not a big reader, but I try to be, try to read a chapter a day is kind of my, my inside goal. So, uh, we've already talked about Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, so it's off the table. What other? Um, I'll I'll reduce it to real estate or business book um, that really stands out to you. Um, I will. Um, I think I've got two answers to to that. Sure, that's okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm reading a. Uh, I've gotten into biographies recently, and there's the one I'm reading right now is uh, Henry J. Carver. I'm sorry, Henry J. Uh, Kaiser, Henry J. Kaiser. He was uh, one of the big industrial magnates that kind of built the West, you know, helped build the West in the early 1900s. And uh, uh, he, you know, some of the huge dam projects and uh, these massive hospital systems, he transformed, you know, healthcare, uh, even though he was a big, you know, construction uh, guy, built roadways, you know, whatever, whatever. He started as uh, running a photography shop. Right. Hey. Yeah. And what pushed him into construction was was his future father-in-law, you know, because his father-in-law would not allow uh, wouldn't allow him to marry his daughter until he had a real job, you know. And so he went out to California. He kind of just started building all this for himself. And he just is a I think by today's standards, he would be a billionaire. You yeah. Know? But he just he just slowly and slowly started to build all this stuff. But there's a there's a passage in the book where they were asking him about some of these jobs. You know, it was like a, I think it was a paper interview, you know, newspaper interview. And, um, cause he had not had the experience for some of these massive dam projects that he had, he'd won and he was working on it. And he said, uh, uh, they said, uh, I can't remember what the question was, but his response was, there are no big jobs, just small machines. 
right? <laughs> and uh, I really, really like hit home with me that this is a guy that he he created some of the machines that they needed to be able to do some of these jobs that just didn't exist yet, you know? Yeah. And so he wasn't afraid of taking on something large mm -hmm. and because he, he, he didn't know what he was doing, you know? That's, that was the thing that I learned from the book is that, you know, everybody watches people on social or wherever and they just think that they know everything about everything. Mm -hmm. They're trying to figure it out, yeah. you know, just like anybody else. So. Hey, I love that. That, I mean, you know, my brain works in the real estate world. So taking it back to real estate, doing a single unit or a duplex is literally the same process as a hundred unit but it's bigger machines. Yeah. It, the same thing. It's it's like, no, you just take this and just do the same thing with bigger. Mm -hmm. And that, I love that. Yeah. So, all right. So that was number one. What's been, number two? Been a big influence. Yeah. Um, I would say that a, just a big influential book for myself in general has been, I don't know if you follow Ray Dalio at all. He's the founder of uh, Bridgewater and he, um, uh, they're a multi-billion dollar hedge fund, you know, but uh, he, the way that he grew his business and built his business was very unique because he was very systematic in the way that he thought about things. And as he got larger as the organization, they've got like 1,500 employees today, mm -hmm. right? But as they got larger as an organization, he recognized that the things that he knew, the principles that he followed to, to be able to make good decisions, he needed everybody in his company to be able to have access to those so that they were making the same good decisions that he was. Mm -hmm. So he wrote a book called Principles and he detailed everything that he kind of built for himself over the last... I don't know, uh, 40 years or so. Yeah. And so it's a really incredible book to kind of give you some structure behind the way to think about your life and then also work and building a company if, mm -hmm. that's, if that's what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, but the, more than anything, what uh, I think that what he kind of talks about is building kind of mental models for how to make decisions, you know? And so um, I think that if you think about uh, what you do, you know, in real estate, you know, you, we're always... And what I do now, we're always, it's really not the thing, it's its people. It's always people, you know? Um, and there's this, uh, I think that when you, uh, I'm reading another book, uh, it's about the history of money, you know? But they talk about exchange, because that's all it is, you know? And that money was created because there's a debt owed to somebody, right? And back in the day, it was like, well, you've got sheep and I've got a wheat field, you know? But we'll try, how much yeah. wool are you going to give me for this wheat? We got to figure out the value of these things so that we can kind of exchange them. But the interesting thing that I've learned is that value is, is determined by the people, by the person, you know? And so the more that you know about people and how they think and what motivates them, you really begin to understand what, um, uh, what pathways you need to take in conversations. And mm -hmm. so... I would also encourage anybody to to read any sort of uh, behavioral uh, psychology books mm. um, or behavioral economics, behavioral economics books. The one that got me started was Freakonomics. So yes. it's Stephen Levitt, you know, mm. but uh, Daniel Kahneman, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow is really dense and you got to read it twice, but yeah. it teaches you about how people make decisions in the subconscious and conscious brain and the way that we're, we're wired to to decision making, mm -hmm. and so when you understand that uh, uh, that uh, people decide what the value of something is, and then you understand what motivates somebody and how they make decisions, you know, I don't know, uh, and then you and you take that all back to kind of the principles of building, kind of uh, principles of the way that you think about things too. Mm -hmm. You can kind of create a little model for yourself to really just uh, kill it, you know, whatever you're doing. You yeah, know? that's good. I hear. Um... 
what's his name? The yeah. hostage, uh, Chris Voss and the hostage negotiator, um, never split the difference. Yeah. 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 He talks about psychology a lot as he, he was obviously in, in high, um, stress situations and going through that, but talking about understanding the psychology behind the other person and using that in negotiations. Um, so yeah, very, very interesting. That relates to really any, any part of business and sales that end comes down to it. So great book recommendations. Um, Time out. So, do you want me to say, like, give a shout out to Repair First, where people can be like, "Hey, if you want, okay, yeah, yeah, you can. All right. yeah." All right. So, I want to wrap up, but before we do, I want uh, if you want to give out how people can find out more about you, find out more about the service company. Repair First is the name. Um, do, do you have a website or anywhere where people can reach out and connect to you? Yeah. So we are still building a lot of things. Yeah. You know, we it, we uh, uh, we grew a little faster than we were anticipating, <laughs> so we don't even have a website yet. Uh, we do have Instagram, but it's it's escaping me what the name of the Instagram is. Yeah. Now, so I'll maybe I can get that too. Yeah, later. we'll throw it in the show notes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, uh, but repair first service at uh, gmail.com. Best way to get a, in touch with us via email and uh, you know renovations, remodels, cool. whatever you need. So any size, any scale, just Birmingham. Yeah, just the Birmingham market okay. right now. And uh, um, you know we do a lot of work with uh, real estate investors, realtors, uh, property managers, but just you know residential to you yeah. know, basement remodels, kitchen remodels, that yeah. kind of stuff. So. Man, that's awesome. Chris, thanks so much for being here. This has been a blast getting to know you a little bit better. I'm excited. We got to do this again, maybe first, second quarter of next year to see how much that has grown, where your business is, uh, what your goals are on the real estate side, because you'll have this set up by then. Uh, but until then, thanks for being here. I appreciate you having me, man. Thanks. Cool.